Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 5.02 to go in the third overtime period. So we basically have played two games here tonight. Two hockey games, and then we're still in game one. I'll tell you, it's amazing. There's the rolling into the order zone. Carpenter after it. He fired it around the boards. It's going to come back to the point. Galley couldn't knock it down. McTavish got it to Curry. Maybe a 2-1-1. Curry in across the line. Gets it to Klima. Drills the shot. He scores! Peter Klima with 4.47 to go in the third overtime period. Peter Klima has won the game for the Edmonton Oilers. A great pass from Curry and he beat the orders off the bench. They're mobbing Peter Klima. A stunning end to this hockey game. That's uh, Rod Phillips turns 80 years of age today. As we went back into the orders now, Audio Vault for Direct Workwear. We're Safety Meet Savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. We are going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline momentarily, but not before I tell you that guests and winners now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply saving a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. The Stoffer recommendation at Roos Chris. Well, I mean, it's Roos Chris. Got to go steak all day. I like the peppercorn New York. Wednesday through Sunday, 5 p.m. until 10 p.m. at night. Well, we... Uh, are going to hook up with Rob Brown, inside the game analyst on the Oilers Radio Network, and a man who uh, spent uh, several seasons working with Rod Phillips. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing very good today, Bob. How are you? Good. Now, you came in at uh, – I, I know you played in St. Albert. Did you uh, – because you were born in Kingston. At what point were you uh, an Edmonton area kid? Uh, I played two years of Bantam in St. Albert. Do you remember listening? Do, do you remember listening to Rod calling games back in the day? Oh, absolutely, I did. And then I, I was fortunate enough to work with him. Yeah. When, I mean, seriously, one of the nicest people you'll meet in, in sports. He was like, he, honestly, he was like a grandfather. He just he had that voice, and he, he just loved listening to him. And then when you meet him, he's just a nice person. Always have nice things to say. Just wanted to be around him. Yeah. Fun guy, eh? Like I again, I had the privilege the last two years to sit next to him on the plane, and uh, it was Dustin Penner. And I know there's a lot of people that don't like Dustin Penner's politics today, but Dustin Penner had brought the whole uh, the what what do I call that the the roasting series from Comedy Central where they're the roast of this guy. Yeah, that, yeah. And Rod and me would watch those because they were quite well. 
you know, good comedy at times, and it doesn't matter. You know what? Good comedy doesn't matter if you're left or right. They poke fun at both, and there was some funny stuff. We would sit on the plane and just howl. And I he- watched those, and they were they were cringeworthy. There's some things, and that's when I swore at that point. I never wanted to be Rose Fitch <laughs> because they go deep. They yeah. go really, really deep. <laughs> And you are, after all, or you were at one time, you're Murray Eckers idol. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. For, for all the wrong reasons, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 similar feeling on, on the rod front. So, tell me this. We're about two weeks away from the start of the regular season, or uh, start of training camp. Um, not sure how it's all going to work yet, Rob. Uh, I think we're going to be uh, – I, I know this. I'm pretty sure for the home games we're all going to be in the building because uh, everybody that's a part of the Oilers radio network uh, is fully vaccinated. So uh, that's that's a good thing. But uh, I know that uh, yesterday David Staples was on. Uh, he said that uh, a couple of the sports books out there have Edmonton as the seventh or best – seventh or eighth best uh, team to be uh, making uh, being in position to make the playoffs um, I think Edmonton's helped they're in the Pacific Division uh, they've, they've finished 12th and 11th overall in standings Rob in the last two years in your opinion now that the dust has settled you know on paper what the team has is this a better team uh, right now than it was a year ago at this time uh, that's tough I think they're better offensively I think they're deeper up front. I think they can withstand an injury in the forward ranks much easier now and survive it. I think there's going to be question marks on defense. Losing Larson hurts. Larson is good. I mean, for all the people out there that didn't care for the Taylor Hall for Larson trade, notwithstanding, Larson was a very good hockey player for the Edmonton Oilers. Not having him hurts. And I think there's going to be question marks with Cody CC and and uh, on on the back end is he a top four guy? Um, I don't know. And then in net, obviously with Mike Smith, if he plays like he did last year, goaltending's not an issue. I know age is only a number, but eventually age does catch you. So are they as good or are they better than last year? I honestly I don't know. There's going to be question marks until those are answered. We won't be able to say with a definite, but I can tell you this: they're going to be more exciting. They're going to be scoring more goals. And the one thing that the Oilers can do now, they can send out two lines. And on a team with Connor and Leon, you're always like, well, how could they not send out two lines before? They didn't have four solid players up front that they could count on every single game. They have that now, and they got the emergence of a pulley RV. So uh, I think up front they're better. Defense and goaltending were going to be question marks. And they're going to be question marks throughout the season. But, to me, I think it's an exciting year, and I agree. This is a playoff team. And I know that you've talked about it, and I think it was Ken Holland that said it, just keep getting to the dance. Year after year after year, eventually, magic will hit you. The Tampa Bay Lightning have a couple Stanley Cups, but they had some hiccups in the playoffs. But when you're in the playoffs every single year, eventually magic's going to happen. And I think the Oilers are now in that stage where the playoffs are now uh, an expectation, and now it's just a matter of when they get on a run. Well, I mean, even we're joined by Rob Brown from the Oilers Radio Network, or Inside the Game Analyst. Rob, I mean, your second year pro with the Pittsburgh Penguins, 49 goals, 115 points. You had over 100 PIMS, plus 27. You guys had a good team that year. You went two rounds. 
and probably thought, well, we're on our way. And then you had the hiccup the next year in 89-90, didn't make the playoffs again. Happens. Yeah, and then and it does happen. And any team that makes the playoffs has a legitimate chance to, to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, an expansion team in their first year went to the finals. So just get to the playoffs. And for the longest time, the Oilers were a team that couldn't do that. But now I believe they are. I believe they're a legitimate playoff team every single year. And it's just a matter of having that one bounce, that one break, that goaltender have a, a special run, that unknown forward all of a sudden find magic in his hand. I mean, they lost four straight last year, but they were four bounces away from winning four straight. So, yeah, I, I think the Oilers are a legitimate playoff team. And now it's just a matter of over the course of the season, finding players to step up. And I know that you love him, Bouchard. Yep. He's a guy that over the course of the year is going to gain experience. He's not a top four guy to start the season, but is he at year, year end? And the Edmonton Oilers are a better hockey club come playoff time if a Bouchard is in your top four. Because he's got an ability set that the Oilers could certainly use in their top four and will make them a better hockey club. So over the course of 82 games, he's going to gain experience in big moments. It's going to make him a better player and a better team from playoff time. Yeah, to me, he's just capable of doing things that other defensemen can't do. And like, I mean, I get it. Barry's going to. We all know Barry's going to be quarterback in the power play the first unit at the start of the year. They've had the number one power play in the league the last two years. Uh, maybe Hyman uh, ends up. You know, as the net front on that power play, James Neal obviously bought out. Alex Jason, as of right now, doesn't have a deal. In fact, Alex Jason was skating with Tri-Cities through a connection with Stu Barnes a couple days ago. Um, but, you know, I could see Hyman there, or I could see even Pugliarvi potentially as, as the net front on the power play. But on defense, I see Bouchard in the second pairing with Darnell Nurse. Uh to, to start uh, sort of, or in the, sec- yeah, in the second uh, power play unit to start the year. And I just I just look at Bouchard, and he just makes he makes me wonder, how quickly does this guy ascend? I mean, look what happened last year with Pugliarvi, Rob. I didn't expect Pugliarvi. Here's the thing. I, I always thought Pugliarvi had talent. I think Ken Holland clearly, I'll give him credit, because I think an inexperienced general manager would have traded his rights, and I'm not sure what Edmonton would have gotten back. In my wildest dreams, I could not have envisioned Pogliarvi coming back and playing the way he did. And it wasn't like the, the offensive numbers I could see, I could have seen him putting up, but it was the way he played, Rob. Straight lines to the pucks, uh, competitive, back-checking, backtracking, uh, effective on the forecheck, going to the right places on the ice. Com- like this, It was like the invasion of the body snatchers took place with him, or he just got it and understood what he needed to do. And as a result, now we're sitting here, and I'm cautiously saying Paul uh, could be a 20-goal, 45-point guy. But he's got a higher ceiling than that because he plays the right way now. Well, you're, you're right. And I think for Pugliarvi, when he first came over, he expected to play like he did in junior. And he could crisscross, he could dangle, he could come down the wing and, and then turn up and, and wait for a trailer. Well, he couldn't do that at the National Hockey League level. But what he could do is he could get the puck on the wing and drive the net. He could stand in front of the net. Like, I keep thinking of, like, baby Huey, this big man child that stands in front of the net. You can't move him. He's just too big and strong, and that's something that the Oilers were desperate for. And once he figured that out, they're like, hey, Connor McDavid could certainly use a guy that drives through the middle. And you know what? Maybe Pugliarvi's not scoring all these real pretty goals, 
but he's picking up all the trash that's left in front of the net because no one can move him. And everyone's eyes are glued on Connor. So they're all looking away. Now Pugliarvi just finds the the right areas and the area that he didn't go in before. So he's a a much better player now, and he figured it out. Maybe he had a veteran whispering in his ear while he was playing in Finland. Maybe it was an agent. Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it's another teammate, ex-teammate that said, hey, you know what? Adapt. Adapt to what they need. Because this is the type of player that the Oilers are desperate for. You can fill that void. And when you filled it, all of a sudden now he's playing 16, 17, 18 minutes a night. He's now on the power play at times. And he's playing with the best player in the world. I know I'd, I'd be willing to change my game a little bit to be able to line up beside Connor McDavid nightly. Didn't you do that yourself to get back in the NHL? You kind of had to reinvent yourself? I did. I, I realized where I was in the, the pecking order and what kind of player I, I could be. And as an offensive player, I couldn't come back at the end of my career and play. I just wasn't fast enough. The game had changed. But I knew that I was smart enough to be a, a third-line player, fourth-line player, and get a few more years in the National Hockey League doing that. It, it's a willingness. Not everyone is willing to do it. Some people are stubborn, obstinate, and they're like, no, this is who I am and this is who I'm going to be. Those players are usually playing in Europe at the end of their career because they aren't willing to change. And I give credit to Pugliarvi due to the fact that he came back and put his uh, head down, was humble, and said, all right, tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. And he did it, and he did it very, very well. Who's the player that you played against that had the most talent that never capitalized on it? Played with or against in your... With, with, with it's easy. It's a guy named Steve Malte in the minors. Scored 50 goals, I don't know how many times, five times, six times in the minors. Yep. And I, I was in Pittsburgh. I had come back, and it was my second year in my return to the NHL. And they were desperate for uh, lower-cost players. Steve Malte came to training camp, and he had a spot there. Uh, a guy that scored, I think the year before, at 50 goals, 100 and some points in the minors came in and I remember a game in Detroit, he scored two goals on the power play. And he came to the bench and I, Kevin Constantine had this big smile on his face. Kevin Constantine looked at him and said, we got a guy that wears number 68 that stands there on the power play. You're never playing that position. Block a shot, throw a hit. That's what's going to get you into the NHL. Malte wouldn't do it. And went back to the minors. was one of the greatest minor league players that ever was. But could have had a very good NHL career if he would have done the little things that they were looking for instead of the things that he wanted to do. So he was the guile fielder of his generation. All right, conversely, who was the player that had the least amount of talent that found a way to have an extended NHL career, like just, just worked his you-know-what off and willed himself to play? Well, there, there's lots, though. I mean, I played in Chicago, and our captain for a while was Dirk Graham. And I wouldn't call him a, an overly skilled player, but there's zero players that I played with that had a willingness as much as him. I mean, he became a captain of a, of a Chicago Blackhawks just because of his work ethic and his willingness to do whatever it took. Bob Ario I played with in Pittsburgh. Same thing. He was an undersized forward that played a number of years playing with Mario because he did all the little things right and was willing to do those little things. There's all kinds of guys like that. There's more players that over that uh, overcame than that went the other way. But, I mean, you you follow hockey and you follow leagues more than I do. Yeah. You see players that are in the minors that should be playing in the National Hockey League with the skill set that they have. 
but they, they an arrogance uh, just didn't allow them to make it. I played with a guy named, I think it was Johansson, I think his name was, or, or Johnson, something like that. He was a Swedish kid that I played with in Pittsburgh. And we were on a third line in Pittsburgh. He kept saying I should be on the first or second line. And he wouldn't change. And we're like, tell him, you can play 10 years in the NHL as a third line player because you're smart enough and you'll score just enough to allow you to stay in the league. Nope, I'm better than this. I think he got traded to Calgary, was out of the league a year later, never came back because he didn't have a willingness to accept a role. And too many players like that think they're better than they are, think they're smarter than the coaches and GMs. And at the end of the day, coaches and GMs are always going to win. All right, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. Rob Brown, our Inside the Game analyst from the Oilers Radio Network, joining us. It's 1249 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. Uh, Tyler Benson. Is he going to have to re like he's obviously can produce at the AHL level? Uh, the Oilers now have just alone on the left side, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, and uh, Fogel on that left wing. Is Tyler Benson going to have to reinvent himself? Do you think to find a way to, or do the Oilers need to give this guy a, a ten to fifteen game window to see what he can do here at the start of the year? Well, they might be able to give him a window, but it's still going to be in a position where he's going to have to play differently than he has because he's not going to be in the top six for the Edmonton Oilers. There's guys, you mentioned, you know, Nugent Hopkins and Hyman are certainly ahead of him and always will be. And on the other side, he's got to beat out a Pliarvi and a Yamamoto in there, or possibly a Cassian, and Benton's not going to beat those guys out. So he's going to be a bottom six player. So, again, it's got to be a willingness to do little things. Can he become a penalty killer at this level? His willingness to block shots. The one thing that Benson is, is he's smart. Um, and it's funny when I say this, he's probably undersized because when I, I watched him when he played Benson hockey, he was the opposite. He was the biggest kid on the ice. But uh, he was like me. He never grew past Bantam. So he's a guy that is going to have to find a way to make the National Hockey League roster not for what he was known for in Bantam or Junior or in the minors, but for doing all the little things and doing them properly. He's smart enough to do it. I just don't know if... Honestly, I don't know if there's a spot for him. I hope there is. I mean, for the Oilers to be successful, or any team in the NHL, they have to find players from within. They can play on contracts that are comfortable for the NHL team, and Benson's able to do that. But he's got his work cut out for him because he's going to have to be outside of his comfort zone in a position if he wants to play in the National Hockey League. Rob, when did you start, at what point during your career did you start training hard in the offseason? Uh, about seven years after I retired. Okay. So it was. it's obviously a completely different time. Was there ever a player or two you were stunned at the level of conditioning they were in? Like they were, you know, 240 pounds when they played at 190. Like, was there anybody like that? Uh, no, I know that there was always guys that used to come to camp that would uh, every year would win the fitness award. And they were usually in the first round of cuts. Um, but the player that uh, I was amazed at was Chris Chelios. I've never seen a player when I played that was as fit as he was. And a lot of it was just natural. But he'd be a guy that, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn because it's documented, he might be a guy that'd be out till 3 o'clock in the morning and he comes to the, he'll come to practice and he'll be the best player on the ice. Whereas I got to bed at 9 p.m., got 10 hours of sleep, haven't had a drink in about two weeks, 
and he would lap me three times during the the, the drills with Keenan. So I've never seen anyone like Chelios. He get up, he'd come to practice after he'd had a, a night out, and he'd put on a garbage bag. He'd be in the sauna and ride the bike and just get all the bad out of him, and then go out and be the best player on the ice by far, by far the best player on the ice. So he was a freak of nature that. Uh, uh, God did not bless me with those genes. Uh, you remember Barry Tease? Yep, I do. I know. I know a few places in Edmonton from back then. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm not naming names, but there might have been a guy that you talked about during the 20 minute hit that maybe was there one time and again i'm not going to name any names i may have been there with a local sportscaster in town not naming any names john sexsmith and we're minding our own business like four or five tables away not crowding anybody and suddenly drinks get sent to us and just that like it was weird like he was just hey hey that's it and you know what he was that individual that you may have talked about in the last 20 minutes, he was the consummate pro there, too. That's all I'm going to say. He oh, I mean, Chelly, Chelly's one of my heroes. Honestly, one of my favorite people that I was ever around in professional sports and hockey. He was he was everything. Like, he was the guy that I wish I could be. He was that cool. I think the, the word for Chelly, it was cool. He just, everything about him just sparked coolness. But I know that he, there's a lot of fans out there that hated him. Until you meet Shelly, and then you're like, oh, my God, I want to hang out with that guy. <laughs> that's, well, that's kind of what just – we knew our place, right? Don't don't crowd too much, and it worked to our advantage. Rob, great stuff. Look forward to uh, touching base and having you on during the course of the season. Sounds good, Bob. Take care. That is our Inside the Game analyst from the Oilers Radio Network, Rob Brown. Bob Stoffer and Brendan S. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Scott with you at 1254 at Edmonton. We're going to uh, bang off some texts when we come back on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Again, starting in October, courtesy of Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Rob Kinsey and the gang at Canadian Power Pack will bring you Kevin Weeks. We uh, saw Rob and Lana Kinsey the other day. It was great seeing them. Uh, big ad for the show. Big Taylor Hall fan, too, as I recall. Rob Kinsey. Uh, again, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. All right. Uh, we have time to get this right now. Let's slide back into the Oilers Now Audio Vault. Uh, we spent a lot of the first 40 minutes or so talking about Rod Phillips, who turns 80 today. But uh, David Staples was on yesterday. You heard Rob Brown also reference it. And Staples had these comments on Evan Bouchard's potential in both the short and long term. The view outside of Edmonton of Bouchard isn't necessarily that bullish. I mean, last um, Craig Button's list of the top 20, 50 prospects outside the NHL, he was like fairly low, like in the 40s um, last spring. So um, there's there's people who don't see him that you know as 
a top four D-man right away. But there's a, I think, you know, I watched him a lot. I watched him in Sweden a lot last year. We all saw him play for the Oilers. And, of course, the Oilers coaches saw him at practice. And they saw him uh, in the Oilers games. And I think they're, as good a, they're a better judge, obviously, than anyone else about where this player projects this year. If they're saying that, Bob, it certainly matches up with my uh, what I saw of Bouchard uh, through last year. The guy is just such – I think he's the most skilled um, offensive defenseman on the Oilers right now. His passing and shooting uh, are just at a different level, even than Tyson Berry, as good as Tyson Berry is. If he can combine that with improved physical fitness, uh, which, which he did last year coming in, and with improved defensive play, defensive fundamentals, that's that's a top four D-man in the NHL. They're seeing it. You know, they're hoping for it. They're cautiously talking about it. And I think they're right. I think they're nailing it. And the, the people who are a little bit less bullish on uh, Bouchard aren't getting it right. And, you know, it was, a, it was an interesting situation. You had Barry brought in um, and uh, Larson and Barry was brought in before Bouchard played so well in Sweden and before Bouchard came to the Oilers camp mid, uh, you know, uh, halfway through the, the winter. In great shape. And looked so great. Yeah. So in retrospect, with the, maybe the Oilers wouldn't have signed Tyson Barry. Um, but they didn't have a spot with it because they also had Ethan Bear, like who was such a promising player. So they, so they, would, they were in a tough spot. They couldn't figure out a way to get him in the lineup. We, you know, we've talked about that a lot. It, it's too bad. But because of all of that, things have kind of the lack of opportunity conspired against him and it has people have this impression that maybe he's not all that but the coaches think otherwise Bob I think otherwise he's just such a fantastic passer of the puck and so smart he is such a smart offensive player that is David Staples from the Cult of Hockey on yesterday's edition of Oilers Now talking about Evan Bouchard. And again, unsolicited, both Dave Tippett and Jim Playfair on this show over the course of the last month have brought up the potential growth that we may see occur during the course of the upcoming season with Bouchard. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back from uh, the Oilers Radio Network, one of the two current play-by-play voices, undoubtedly a guy that will talk about uh, Rod Phillips as well. We look forward to uh, hooking up with Cam Moon. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.